This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We listen to To Hell with the Devil by Striper, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. Yeah, I'm keep me able. I'm Hard. Consider the source. Hey. God, consider the source. It's me. How dare you! Oh, how dare consider you! I'm a fan of my mom. source. I don't have friends. I got family. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. <laughs> I'm Caroline. <laughs> and we're family here on GCF. Yeah. Caroline and I, you're GCF, you're family. we have become family. The guest is our family for as long as they're on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And as long as they are willing to ever come back, the listeners are our family. And that's the body. And that's the body of Christ in GCF. Good Christian fun. Good Christian fun is the podcast where we're talking about Christian pop culture, the music and the movies and the entertainment made for, made by, made about Christians and Christianity and the faith and our Lord. And yes. of course, that was Dominic Toretto, St. Dom of uh, Furious Fame, giving his blessing over the congregation this week. You know, I saw all the photos. I saw the fun. I saw the costumes. Mm. I saw the fanfare. I saw the fucking envelopes. I saw everything. Oh, I loved it all. Oh, it was she was beautiful. exhausted at a distance. <laughs> I was not. I was not. But what I didn't see was whether you liked the movie or not. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was fine. Yes, we saw it. Well, F- and only family would tell you if they hate your movie. Hey, F9, it came out this past weekend. Biggest box office since the pandemic started. Biggest box office since Rise of Skywalker in December 2019. So the movies are back, baby. Action Jackson over here. Action- no, it lights camera Jackson. That's what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the movies are back. F9 comes right Box office numbers. I'll start with one through ten. Race it into a theater near you. Do you think we could get Lights um, Camera Jackson on the show, Caroline? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. This, okay. Yeah. Yes. Weiger says too. yes. Weiger, wait, Weiger, you've had Jackson on your show, haven't you? Have? you? He's yeah, sorry, sorry to inter- interject, Please. but I was just so excited at the prospect. I think he'd be a great fit. And um <laughs> Jackson's Jackson's a lovely young man and he's he's a man now. You know, he's gone to college and um He's uh he's yeah we we had him on Doughboys and I've met him a couple of times outside of the pod. Oh Always had great interactions. Wow. Hey. So yeah. Weiger vouches for Jackson. Um, we'll see how that take ages as more and more stuff about Jackson comes out where he's <laughs> kind of right leaning. Where his favorite sitcom is Back to You, the Patricia yeah. Heaton Kelsey Grammer joint. <laughs> hey, you know someone's got a lover. <laughs> Oh, gracious. He just likes he just likes classic TV. Classic I think that's, TV. That's what it is. We all remember he likes Last Man Standing. <laughs> that's right. Last Man Standing <laughs> and back to you. Classic television. Uh, <laughs> I remember his wordless review with Book Smart a couple years ago. He said, My mother said you have nothing nice to say. Don't say anything at all. And then it was just a bunch of pictures of Book Smart while he stood wordlessly staring at the camera. Just stood there. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I do recommend people re- watch this review. It is um, yeah. That's such a beautiful time. understated burn that I don't think YouTubers use enough. Like they're always saying too much. Say nothing. Yeah. Drag them to hell. I mean, <laughs> even uh, Lightscaper Jackson can do it. You can. He under Jackson understands it's about the spaces between. We're really Jackson stands <laughs> on this podcast, <laughs> yeah, whether it be so. Maine or Lights Camera. <laughs> We love a Jackson, um, and we love Striper. We're here to talk about a song by Striper called To Hell With The Devil, which is a song that, listeners, you've probably heard over a hundred times if you've listened to this podcast, given our drops, because it is a drop that we've played almost every week on this show uh, for the end portion. But now it's time to get into the actual song. But to do that, we're going to need a very special guest. So friends and folks... It's been a long time coming. You may know him from his own podcast, Doughboys, or How Did This Get Played? Everybody, give it the hell up for Nick Lyers! Wow. Wow. He's here. He did it, Joe. Back and better than ever. Weiger, if I say... I want to ask a question first. If oh, I sure. say wow, is that like me taking your catchphrase? No, I, I mean, I don't I don't lay claim to wow. Wow. It, it's, it's, it's existed for a long time. Okay. All right. That's very generous. The, yes. The I, I, maybe a, a popular, wow. yeah, a popularizer of wow, but <laughs> yeah. I think wow has been kind of a catch-all expression of wonder for centuries. That's true. You brought it out from the underground. That's that's and, and, and that's what especially in 2021 as we want to be more mindful and conscious of these things like we want to platform causes credit the creator injustice yeah. that we care about so like the Doughboys are platformers of wow like they may not exactly. have originated it but they can elevate it and lift that voice that's up right, right. in a way where right. more people can work. understand the origin and the history of wow which you know great wow ties into our show wow of course is the equivalent of the now that's what i call music series there was wow the mm. wow series of albums that came out with all the greatest christian hits well, i didn't did, know well, about this yeah, mm-hmm. wait, what did wow stand for world of worship or something well i think in some in some cases it was world of worship <laughs> world <Okay>. of worship <laughs> which sounds just like the shittiest theme park Yes. <laughs> it's a small world okay. after all. It's even a smaller world because so many Very of those small. children from small. It's a Small World After All would not be included in the world. No, of no, they're not making it to heaven. We know that for Very sure. Very unfortunate. <laughs> Very sad. Weiger, thanks for joining us on the show, bud. What a treat. What a thrill. I, I'm I haven't thought about Striper in so long. Yeah. But it was I, I, I would say Striper and then the other the other group I talked to you about, and, and I know this is something you've covered on the podcast, is DC Talk, were kind of two groups that were not... Yes. I, I didn't listen to them, but I, I was in Boy Scouts, and I had a very good friend whose uh, parents were evangelical, and he was in elementary school, and he was super into Christian music, and so like I was always kind of like around that, and then always around kids who were trying to get me into it. Yeah. Of like, you like Metallica, you sh- like Striper is like Metallica, but it's Christian. Mm-hmm. Oh my so, gosh, like, it, they were like yeah, sales so, pitching you. One hundred percent, it was like <laughs> oh a try, like trying to get me. I I got in not to a Striper concert, but to a Christian concert. I got invited. Uh, to it and I declined I should have gone in hindsight I should have gone just for <laughs> a great show. the memory and the story yeah but at, at the time I was I was just like a little bit weirded out by it I was like no nah, I don't want to go to this Christian concert 
Yeah, because where was this geographically? Because you grew up, you're like a Southern California boy, right? Yeah, so this is Lakewood, California. And, you know, we're we're adjacent, though, to Orange County, which I believe Striper is Striper from Orange is County. From they are Orange the sweet County. bros are from yeah. Orange County. Who yeah. <laughs> so as, as liberal as people think of California, it's really just... LA and San Francisco. Everywhere else is like deep red. And even the, even Orange County, which is kind of getting light blue, and San Diego is starting to get like a little bit. They're still like oh, very, very okay. pretty yeah. conservative parts of, of, of the state. Um, and so Orange County, yeah, there's a big, you know, there there there's mega churches there. There's the yeah, Crystal Cathedral there. I'd say most there. of the like mega churches in California are probably in Orange County or in San right. Diego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm so I was right right claim. right adjacent to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were right in the the cultural soup of Christianity was all it was around. Listen, it was For the OC sure. supertones. It was the, so much of the ska yeah. movement at that time. Yeah. In Orange right. County, no doubt. <laughs> Gwen Stefani, Jordan Morris, a young boy also involved in youth groups at the time, oh, and yeah. then right. Nicholas Weiger as well. What w- what was your like history with religion though? I, I assume you might have grew up in an irreligious household or. An agnostic household of some sort. Um. So my my mom's side of the family is was pretty religious Episcopalian though. So it's like kind of a, an L I T E light sort of Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a uh, it's it's like a diet Catholicism. And so we kind of had that as we we went to we went to a church every Sunday as I was a kid growing up, and that basically stopped as I was a teenager. I think once wow. my brother moved out of the house, my parents just generally stopped trying. Uh, and that was part of it. Um, so it was just, uh, it was just like, uh, you know, when I was there by myself, my brother's five years older than me. Then, then religion started to kind of get factored out uh, entirely. My dad, I never got a sense of. He's a man of science. I always got a sense that he was kind of vaguely agnostic, but also just like kind of like the idea of God. And my mom, I never really understood. I think she was just like used to going to church, but her parents yeah. up until their death were you know very religious and re- regular churchgoers and on her, her side of the family a lot of people are involved in the church and on my dad's side of the family like his uh his older brother and mm-hmm. and uh my aunt are you know still very churchy so oh yeah okay yeah, so yeah. you're really close to it I, even if you aren't like steeped in it yourself did you ever have like a devout streak like while you were going to church every Sunday or maybe in youth group or anything or like did any of it like you're like yeah actually I do want to like go all for it it was always no. It was usually more of a either either I was bored with it or I was like kind of fascinated with it, but kind of like mm-hmm. fascinated in the sense of like, oh, this is interesting more so than like I am like super. I super believe this, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I yeah, I, I think I was probably like I had like an annoying atheist phase for sure when I was like you know mm. a, a, nice. like a, as a teenager, and then I kind of grew out of that and was like, this is so fucking obnoxious. I hate like I hate this kind of person. <laughs> I don't want to be this kind of person. Who were the people you were like reading or listening to that made you like be more atheist or made you? I was really like a, so. I was. Uh, great question. And I was really into to science just in general, like reading about science. And so there was this magazine, Skeptic Magazine, that was started oh off as, yeah, I was a subscriber to Skeptic Magazine, one of the few children who subscribed <laughs> to Skeptic Magazine. And uh, and it's there's there's a joke uh, there's a joke in a Simpsons episode where Lisa is reading an issue of Junior Skeptic. It's like kind of like this weird you know obscure oh publication uh. that's for science nerds. And it began. So here's part of my turn is that it began uh, uh, like away from that movement. 
is that it began as kind of like a general skepticism towards, you know, hey, uh, this this fortune teller's a fraud. This person who has a, a, a you know, a line where they, a psychic hotline is a fraud and they're, they're mm. uh, you know, scamming people out of their life savings. Like, that was the big crux of the, mm. of the, uh, of this, the skeptic movement was, like, exposing charlatans. And it kind of generalized also to just, like, like, hey, religion is just, there's no scientific basis for this. But it was not as hardcore. Weirdly, 9-11 made it like this very vigorously anti-religion and anti-Islam movement in general. And that for me, like just really turned me off of it as like, I don't want to be associated with these, these openly Islamophobic, like people just basically saying the reason that there is bad stuff in the world is because of religion. Like that no. kind of became, yeah. and, and guys who I was reading at the time, like, like a, a Michael Shermer or a, 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 like Sam Harris is like a big Islamophobe now, you know? And that was like, his whole thing was just like, like, Oh, it's rationale. It's it's science, and then it turned to this whole thing of the new atheism just became this anti-religion catch-all, which I just found like so like I don't know, just kind of shitty and unappealing, you know? Yeah, and like in contradiction, sort of with just being a skeptic in general, rather than right. I don't know. Like it, it was, it's, it's such an obvious blanket statement. It's like if you had actually educated yourself yes. on is Islam or were cared about it, you know, from like an academic point of view you would know that that's not like the norm either to be a terrorist or whatever yeah so so that kind of pulled me away from it but that was when you know i'm old as shit so that then i'm like an adult at this point um and then i'm just sort of like kind of i i I, i'd say kind of my my approach to religion religion since then is just kind of like like i don't know i think it's interesting and i like Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. i i I have a bible like i like to you know i I like to just think of it like refer to it as a text and um when you uh, refer to it as a text you know i'll like what what is the context for that (laughs) (laughs) i'll just look i'll just look through it and just sort of like read a little bit i don't know Like when you're when you're stuck, it's like it's like, a, know, it's like a, when you're writing a sketch or something, or or working one of your writing jobs, and you like can't crack a certain story beat. You're like, ooh, okay, let's get yes. into Isaiah or something. <laughs> <laughs> how, the, how the greats do it? How, how did it work for them? <laughs> I, I guess I mean it more in the sense of like it's a foundational text for the Western canon, right? Mm-hmm, it's just like mm-hmm. basically everything that's been written since then has been influenced either directly or indirectly by the Bible and 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 its existence. And so, like, I don't know. I I appreciate it on that level. Yeah, I don't even know how I would go about trying to <laughs> comprehend the totality of the Western canon because, like. The Bible is interesting to us because of our anecdotal experience with it yes. and how it like helped or hurt yeah. us on a personal level that I even with even with this much distance and deconstruction objectivity, I still don't know how to just like behold as like a piece of literature or something where it's like, oh, the beats right. of this or like, you know, whatever, you know, the Joseph Campbellian stuff that you can apply to it or that was applied to it, maybe even in its conception. I wouldn't know yeah. at all how to how to behold it. <laughs> it like would that. be like being a J.K. Rowling expert like your whole life and then going back to Harry Potter and just trying to like read it like a book, you know, it's just like, oh, there's just so much influence and like baggage on this thing now that it's Mm -hmm. like really hard for me to just read it for like the pure fun of it or for like just, yeah, for the literature aspect of it. Yeah, you guys did on Doughboys, you did a whole month dedicated to religious restaurants right this was uh, was it rocked over bless right. was that the name of the the marathon or the the festival I that's guess? right every 
Uh, yeah, festival. Every October we do like a theme month, and it's it's some some riff on Oktoberfest. So yeah, we did. It was either Rockdober Blast or October Blast. I don't remember what the what Nightmare of a Portmanteau it was, but um, it was yeah. We 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 reviewed. You know, like your In-N-Out burgers, your Chick-fil-A's, your uh, uh, restaurants that have any sort of connection to uh, to religion, either in their founding or in their, you know. Have you guys heard of Pizza Ranch? No. No. Tell us about this place. So Pizza Ranch is a Western is a Western themed. We didn't get to cover it because it was mm-hmm. the travel was too onerous, but uh, mm-hmm. we plan to cover it when we're touring in the future. But it's a it's a Western themed pizza place that's also christian and it's a chain that is in the midwest i think it's mainly in minnesota but there's also an outpost in colorado and and iowa maybe it's mostly in iowa and there's an outpost in minnesota oh yeah midwest yeah i'm fascinated fascinated by it Hmm. so centuries and centuries ago a mario in italy was making pizza (laughs) and little did he know that someday Pizza. Well, the meaning could be anything. The cultural could be anything. But maybe <laughs> it's going to be Western and it, Christian. You're having a too narrow of a view of yes. this because maybe Mario in Italy was like, "I hope they use this for the gospel uh, one day <laughs> and to spread and the also, kingdom." Also, I love of God. cowboys. I <laughs> <laughs> would rule. That that's the, that's what fascinates yes. to me is is like the trinity of these three different concepts that seem to have no real connection yeah. of like cowboy pizza. Bible, like it's like what, like what is Loosely the American. unifying? Besides, just like the founder <laughs> yeah. liked all three. Yeah, I guess they're all American. <laughs> yeah. And Cracker Barrel, I know That's Cracker so Barrel funny. has some Christian roots because oh yeah, uh, one of yes. the artists of CCM that we've covered a lot on this show is a, a man named Michael W. Smith, who did at one point release a couple of albums of his reimaginings of hymns that were exclusively available at Cracker Barrel locations. (laughs) That was a thing that occurred, but I forgot about that. I am curious if you guys on the show, like understood anything more about like the, the sort of not trend, but I guess the infrastructure of chain restaurants being used as, as vessels for that sort of like religious, whatever you want to call it, imperialism or colonization. Like, of course, the, right. there's the Bible verses on the bottom of the cups that you get it in and out at Chick-fil-A. One of my favorite low-key sneaky things that they do is, you know, in addition to they would have like explicit, like religious themed kids meal toys with the kids meals. If you go into oh. the yes. restaurant, if you go into like, you know, use the bathroom or something, they will be playing instrumental versions of Christian songs. So nothing where it's like you would no. know the lyrics, wow. like you could hear the lyrics to it. But I remember last time I was in a Chick-fil-A bathroom many years ago because I'm so, I I would never go in there now being such an ally as I am Not today. once, not a no, single time. No, not once. But they were playing <laughs> like buy a bottle of Chick-fil-A version. sauce at the grocery store. Yeah, that's yesterday? right. Yeah. I definitely don't have some leftover Chick-fil-A <laughs> sauces in my uh, cabinet right now. Cut from it out, a, cut it out of my life. A nugget tray that my friend Anthony brought over for movie night two <laughs> nights ago. Um, but, but the last time I was there, they were playing like an instrumental version of like a Hillsong song. I think it was Oceans they were playing while I was mm. using the bathroom. Wow. Yeah. And wow. like only other Christians would even recognize 
that music for the most part. Mm -hmm. So is it supposed to be a little bit of a dog whistle or is it supposed to be like, well, if we're going to play any music at Chick-fil-A, we want it to be a blessing whether they know it or not. (laughs) I'm just trying to even think of like analogs to how those places do business and then like impart values. Because obviously now like corporate America is going to virtue signal in all these different ways and ways I think like we would affirm on paper is like, technically good and positive like you know pride month stuff which is like you affirm even though like the corporate manifestation of it is like disgusting and hollow but like i i I don't understand why fast food restaurants have like zeroed in on that in particular and i guess Mm -hmm. hobby lobby is like the only analog i could think of to that sort of thing where hobby lobby is explicitly christian a lot of the stuff that they shill out and like their corporate values yeah yeah, I, I guess you'd, you'd expect it to be more places, or you'd expect it to be more pervasive, but I guess it's, I, I don't know, the food thing is, it, it became such a culture war, I think because so many of these chains are regional, I do think that's a big part of yeah. it, and it's sort of like, you know, Chick-fil-A is like, a, it's a Bible Belt chain, like that's where it's all, uh, that's where all its money is made, yeah, it kind of dots across the country these days, but for the the longest time the bulk of its business the bulk of its consumer base is from the the south and it's like i think they were i don't know maybe i don't know how cynical it is i don't know if it's a it was a cynical calculation or just as honest reflection of their values of the kathy family maybe a combo yeah. uh but they bet to on be that fair, and uh, the kathy here we are. family that weiger's talking about is of the cartoon lady who loves chocolate and says acts she, that's she, right yeah, she yeah, does yeah. run chick-fil-a <laughs> and she is a fervor a militant christian corporate nightmare empire yeah i'd say the other yeah. her and her oh, husband <laughs> Irving. the other kind of Christian business holdout that's not a chain, but I'd say whatever town you're in, whatever local non-chain coffee shop is there, just double check because often I think they are also run by Christians as like a social community alternative to bars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where all the yes. Christians hang out. At least I know I did too. And to, to the point where like Kevin and I both know which Christian coffee shop or which coffee shop in Pasadena is Christian and where you can reliably see yes. Bible studies hanging out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it kind of becomes like an extension of a church building sometimes and is often used for just like random church activity. For sure. What, one thing I wanted to point out on the subject of fast food stuff, virtue signaling, how they impart their values uh, commercially and publicly is, of course, I'm sure you saw Weiger, maybe you saw it too, Caroline, that Burger King is sort of trolling Chick-fil-A for Pride Month. Right. They said, yeah, they, you know, they put out a tweet earlier in the month, June 3rd, uh, you know, the Chick King, the hashtag Chick-fil-A or Burger King says LGBTQ rights during Pride Month even on Sundays, parenthetical eyes emoji, as in like we're open on Sundays. Your wow. chicken sandwich craving can do good. We are making a donation to at HRC for every Chicken King sandwich sold. Uh, Burger King will contribute 40 cents to the human rights campaign. Maximum donation. Wait, to Hillary Rodham Clinton? Yeah. <laughs> Funneling into the Epstein murder fund. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I'm in. <laughs> taking blood from children so they can live forever. Yeah, which that that is an a interesting, weird new dimension to like the chicken sandwich wars that have been going on, I guess, the last couple of years. I think that's yeah. so smart, though, to make it all about the chicken sandwich, you know, of like... Ye- how bad right. do you want one? Exactly. <laughs> it, it's clearly, I mean, it, it's, it, you were saying this earlier, Kevin, like it's, 
cynical. It's like it's like an it's you know they're doing it because they think it's it's going to benefit them financially. These it's yes. not an altruistic act, but it's also good that we're at the point where that's a like that's good for them to do. You know what I mean? They're, they're, we're at, it, it's right. it feels like progress. We're at the point where they are where like a craven corporation that will you know fucking kill a certain percentage of their employees if it will boost their profit margins by three percent is like saying like oh it's good to, for us to acknowledge uh, you know lgbt rights I, so yeah i don't know i i, I always feel conflicted about these things but it, i'm i don't, I don't want to go like too hard on a place that is like right be doing i guess the right thing just whatever their motivation you yeah. know yeah, technically you can affirm it. I guess it's just a issue of uh, ethical consumption in that sense. Yes. So like what you can live with and then making your way up to the top of whatever the restaurant, whatever the corporation, whatever the company is, where there will be some lo- like line of corruption at some point where it, <laughs> sure. where it strays off. With Chick-fil-A, it's a pretty straight shot. And you can make your peace yes. or not with it if you want to. I'm sure with Burger King, you can find some some sort of something to object to yeah. on some moral or ethical level. I think there's even a Burger King tweet from this year that's like people were like mad about. So I, there's always even on that level. But yeah, oh, that's the women belong in mod- the kitchen tweet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, right. that was a really, yeah. really tone deaf attempt. Um, I think that it's just like. All the, the, the way I make peace with it is that all these companies are monstrous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the cliche that, that I find helpful is all there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. It's a systemic problem. Everyone at the top of all of these fucking fast food chains is some fucking huge piece of shit who is, you know, like is grieving their friend Jeffrey Epstein. You know what I mean? It's like they're mm-hmm. all like fucking every, like just awful, awful human beings uh, who you're putting money in their pockets by buying their products, but that's true of whatever. It's like right. there's just, there's no way to escape these things. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just like, I'm not going to use Amazon anymore, or watch Amazon Prime, good luck finding a website that isn't, doesn't have this back end Amazon Web Services. It, these things mm-hmm. are just pervasive and omnipresent and there's no escape from it. So, Get have what you like and deal with it on your own terms. Well, I was going to say I don't <laughs> I don't know if I'll 100 cent stint behind this because I'm not super well researched on In and Out, but I worked at In and Out for several years. Wow! And as an employee, um, they are one of the higher paying fast food jobs, which I'm sure you guys know. Like they have always yeah. paid above minimum wage, which is a low bar, you know. To be fair, but. I always appreciated that and they gave a Christmas gift to the employees every year and it wasn't like oh here's a coupon in and out it was like a cookie jar or a chess set or a blanket right. or just like something kind of nice and they also did a free um, fair for the employees to come and it was like a carnival setting basically and you could bring your family and it was all free and um, so I don't know as far as like at least like bad labor practices. I think in and out is also a better bet if you want to spend your money well. You are yes. still supporting, you know, a billionaire, Lindsay, and like that whole family yeah, and everything. Yeah. So it's not an airtight thing, but they do treat their workers better. And at least at the location I was at than, than most like, you, you know, your average Chick-fil-A or McDonald's maybe. My jaw was agape the whole time you were talking about your time as an in-and-out employee. That's oh. amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'm... Uh, I'm I'm starstruck. I love In and Out Burger. Starstruck. It's it's a childhood favorite of mine. And yeah, I I do like 
I, I, you know, individual individual actors are like, you know, sometimes the Costco is another one where like Costco mm. employees for the most part are pretty well compensated. And I think they tend to stay, you know, for much longer than the average retail worker as as in and out burger workers tend to, to yeah. stay much longer than the average food service worker and, and I think have health totally. insurance benefits. Yeah, and, a lot of the people uh, I worked with had a whole career in and out like that from yeah. high school all the way on and they were able to rise up and they hire from the inside a lot. And again, like there are cynical reasons for that as well. You have a better workforce. You have a more engaged workforce. You're paying them just a little bit more mm. to keep them hooked, you know, than right. they would at any other restaurant. But it, it still it does benefit the employees. So in summary, in and out one of the good ones? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I don't know if I would 100% stand by it. But if you're like, you know, edging your bets a little bit on like what you want to do. Um, Cut to the comment hedge, section for this bets, episode yeah. post. in and out gave my mom cancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in and out worked my fingers literally to the bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. and yes, I would I would also subscribe to the idea Weiger put forth of there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. But I would also add to it, there is ethical consumption under Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash doughboys or slash hey, good Christian fun. We have no employees if to If you want to know exactly where your money is going. <laughs> so these two doughboys right here. Directly to the top. Oh, boy. Weiger, I thought it was a, such a good point that you pointed out that Chick-fil-A is a regional chain as well. And I think that's so key in understanding why they're really prominent with their Christian vibe is because maybe in the Bible Belt, no one would like really raise an eyebrow for it, even if they weren't Christian. It's kind of like, right. oh, yeah, this is just how people are here. But I wonder, you know, as Chick-fil-A has grown into more secular states or just different cultural worlds where being a Christian company is actually like hurting their profits more than it was helping them in the South. I wonder if they'll like, well, clearly they already have. Because remember when they made that statement about like, oh, yeah, we don't donate to anti-homophobic, you know, like right. causes anymore. That's anti-homophobic. Totally yeah. <laughs> Only pro. <laughs> Pro-homophobic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder too, it's, you know, last time I checked, I think Chick-fil-A was at the top or near the top of per store sales still. It's still a, a wildly profitable chain. Whoa. And part part of, I think, how they, part of their strategy, I think, is artificial scarcity where they don't have too many locations in a given market. So they're the long lines of the drive-through. In-N-Out Burger does the same thing, as you know, from working there. I think I think from from a so yeah I don't know if it's I don't know if like the Hollywood Boulevard is that there's a Sunset Boulevard or Hollywood Boulevard location right in yeah. the heart of Hollywood Sunset right? and yeah. Highland yeah mm -hmm. yeah and and I feel like that one is still always packed and you would think always. if there was some sort of a backlash to the company's uh, <laughs> founders politics that that it would be reflected there of all places totally. sure. but yeah. I don't know um I, I but but yes Caroline you're right though they're the in an out burger, by contrast, being a product of Southern California and staying all in the the in the left coast for the most part, it's like has to be very cryptic with its mm -hmm. yes, you know exactly. religious. It's like it's like a little Easter egg. You have to hunt for it. You have to know that it's there. And yeah, you might not even know what it means if you're not someone who's Christian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Chick Fil A is based out of Georgia, which obviously has a much different temperature as far yeah. as all that stuff goes. So that's right. gonna shape it yeah. for sure. Fascinating. Man. Well, speaking of a different temperature, let's go to hell after this break. Weiger, thanks for sharing your story and uh, your religious upbringing and, and your early childhood skepticism shattering post 9-11. Hey, something nice to come out of 9-11. It wasn't all bad, right? 
Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's take a break, and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. <laughs> it's time for another edition of Singles Ministry. It's I went back to the old mix, Caroline, because the other one was a little too, a little too much, a little too extra. Singles Ministry is the format on our show in in which we take one single song and talk about it. Not an album, not a whole two-hour movie that we make our guests watch starring Kevin Sorbo that shaves hours off of their lives, but it's one single song, usually less than five minutes, usually, and this week's song is To Hell With The Devil by Striper, but before we get into that, while you were talking about generally your exposure to Christian pop culture, through Boy Scouts, through your friend that tried to get you into DC Talk and be like, this is actually cool, man. Uh, Yes. Also, on the subject of Christian pop culture, Christian video games. That is a teeny tiny subgenre that's existed in the industry for a little bit. You yourself have played, I believe on your show, How Did This Get Played? Bible Adventures? Is that what the... That's right. We covered Bible Adventures, which was an unlicensed game for the original Nintendo, the 8-bit Nintendo. And this was a game I actually played as a kid via one of those... My my friend whose parents, whose mom was evangelical. He had this game, Mm. and they sold them at... I'm sure you're... Why would I... Lifeway? yeah, I was going to say like, like the yeah lighthouse. Yeah, I was going to say of course you know the lighthouse, lighthouse. stores. It, it was they were sold at those, um, and it was like again not not authorized by Nintendo. They just made this bootleg cartridge on their own and sold them at Christian stores. And moms bought them in droves. It was a hugely selling game. Crazy. Now, it was purely talk about corporate cynicism this was purely a cynical ploy they were it was originally a secular developer that was making like ninja games or whatever they're making like and they were just sort of like well fuck it there's a void in the marketplace let's make a christian game they made a they made bible adventures and bible adventures consist of a there's a uh uh there's a samson no not a samson game there's a a david and goliath game there's a noah game and then there's a transporting baby jesus game and (laughs) and it's all three games in one cart they're all barely playable, and they have real, really no connection to the Bible whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Transporting baby Jesus. Just to give an yeah. idea uh, to Caroline of the kind of aesthetic value of Bible adventures, this is a lot oh of it. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> Looks like God. complete shit. Yeah. It does look like yeah, so that- It's so dark. <laughs> oh, boy. Just uh, Noah's Ark animals. is the one that... that- <laughs> yeah, that most feels like a game, and you're literally going around just stacking, you know, like Oh, is it Baby goat. Moses? Like, down the river? Oh, is, baby, is that who it was? It might have been Baby Moses. I think it's Baby yes, Moses. Yes, it's Baby Moses. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love Baby Jesus, though. <laughs> it's like you just were I very been fun. fleeing. 
Um, Forty-four ninety-five. Really, <laughs> oh my god, from Wisdom Tree that looks made up. I I love when um, secular companies make Christian content like that, like mm-hmm. a secular cash grab. Uh, one, I just think. I'm like, why would you even try? And two, it's so funny to see their interpretation of like what these should be doing. Whereas a really important piece to creating most like Christian pop culture is it is for proselytizing primarily or affirming to the Christian audience, like a story they already want to hear, you know? Yes. So it reminds me of that, uh, that like high school musical knockoff we watched, Kevin. Sunday school musical. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was not made by a Christian production company, but it was like a Christian musical movie. Yes. And because of that, the themes were so bizarre and like not really like churchy at all. It's kind of great. It's kind of like that uh, B movie, direct to video, video uh, production company where their whole thing is their business model is predicated off of confusing the consumer. So something yeah. with a sound like name like Transmorphers. Or right. Finding Demo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Triassic Park. Right? <laughs> um, sure. It has no real connection to, like I said, it has no real connection to the Bible. And it was, I, 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 as far as why they did it, it was just like, a, it was purely for commercial purposes. I looked it up. It sold 350,000 copies. So in this wow. era, a mega hit, hugely okay. popular game. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, it was just like it. It was the same thing when kids were like to me, "Hey, you like you like metal? I bet you like Striper." It was the same thing where like moms and dads were like, "Hey, our son likes Nintendo. I bet he'll like this Bible-based video game." And so they bought it, uh, and it like that was enough. They like parents didn't know how to evaluate the the quality of a video game in those era, and mm-hmm. kids didn't either. They were just like, "Okay, I'll play this one for a little bit. This one's boring. I'll play." Yeah, it was Cuba. all a treat either way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, real quick, the developer Color uh, Wisdom Tree was formerly called Color Dreams, and before they opportunistically <laughs> flipped to be this Christian game company, Color Dreams made the games Captain Cosmic, Challenge of the Dragon, Menace Beach, and Mission Cobra. So they're basically just making like these like very generic arcadey action games, and then they're like, uh, uh, well, these aren't go- these aren't standing out in the marketplace. Everyone's buying Castlevania and Contra instead. Let's mm-hmm. be let's try the Christian thing, and it worked out for them. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah of course it did. But it does seem like a genre that is all but dead. Uh, not that it was ever living and thriving, but I don't believe anything would ever sell. 350 copy 350,000 copies as Bible adventures did back in the day. I think consumers are probably savvier to that cuz if if you yes. just look at a list of quote unquote Christian video games that have been released recently, it is uh it is pretty desolate. Stained Glass, really? Adam's Venture, Colin Chronicles, uh you know, Bible Gems, Bible Crush, which I'm sure are Candy Crush little knockoffs. There's one coming out later this year that I've never heard of, Jesus in the Matrix, Life Academy. So look forward to that wow. at some point hitting <laughs> some sort of console. Jesus in the Matrix. But that sort of business model, I feel like just does not work any I don't know if it's like in a, a an oversaturation or saturation in a good way of of uh of choice and overabundance of choice uh, within yeah. that field. But that I don't think, and you would, you would be able to speak better to this wagon than I could, but I don't think you can, cons- you can co- uh, con- confuse consumers the same way that you could back in that day. 
Yeah, I think the the demographic that plays games is still too young and too savvy. I think mm-hmm. that probably when it reaches the era where we're in retirement homes and there's a Nintendo 64 there with GoldenEye for the old timers to play, like when that happens, when gamers start to become senior citizens, yeah. I think we might start yeah. to see more of this sort of like these shovelware fucking garbage games in the same way that these Kevin Sorbo movies exist, you know? Well, we'll find out. Uh, we'll try to play. You know, there was that Jesus RPG that was going to come out. It was a first person's per- perspective of you were Jesus. Yeah. And so it would like, you would like try to do miracles and make water into wine. They kept showing trailers for that for years. I don't know if they ever released it, but would love to play mm. if they did. That feels so wrong. Gotta yeah. know what Jesus looks like in that game. Very curious. <laughs> this day and age. What his hand? You mean like, like what color his skin is when you outstretch yeah. your hands? Yeah. <laughs> See if it's actually accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking about Striper to hell with the devil. Striper is a band, as we said before, came out of Orange County, uh, came up in the 80s. It was these two brothers, the Sweet Brothers, and they had different revolving members kind of come in and out of the band over the years. At one point, they totally cratered in the 90s. They have had a sort of revival and they sort of exist as like an IP, like like almost a brand now where it's just kind of different members in and out. You can find recent performances of to hell with the devil by striper from as late as 2019 2018 uh it doesn't wow. quite have the same effect impact cachet as it once did <laughs> in the 1980s but it does exist and it was uh kind of like what we're saying as is the strategy uh was with marketing so many of these bands and so much of this christian uh content it was Christian Kiss, essentially, or definitely pulling from influences like Poison or Bride, bands like that from that particular time. I myself have never been into that uh, secular or Christian, that particular genre of music. Wager, I don't know if that's something that you were ever interested in yourself. Oh, yeah. I was a huge metal kid, and I, I loved... Yeah, I loved Metallica. It was my favorite band growing up. Um, I loved, you know, I, I loved your your uh, like overtly satanic bands, your Sepulturas and your Slayers, mm-hmm. and your Napalm Deaths. Like, you know, like like I was like even into those as kind of from, in sort of an edge lord sense. Um, liked yeah. uh, liked Megadeth. <laughs> uh, liked Megadeth. Ozzy Osbourne and. Uh, and and I think it, but also hair metal. With like this is like a very much a hair metal band. So like like kind of like deaf your deaf leopards, your uh, your poisons, um, uh, warrant. Like the like I liked all that mm-hmm. stuff too. You know, even though that was a little early for me. So like yeah, I was I was totally into it. And Stri- striper is like. I don't know. It it like you listen to that you listen to to hell with the devil or really any of their songs, but this one in particular, it's like it sounds like it could just be an Iron Maiden song. Like if you're not yeah. listening to the lyrics too closely, it sounds very authentic to the metal of the era. The uh, is one of the brothers the the vocalist. One of the yes. brothers, uh, one of the sweet brothers. Yes, I believe. The sweetie so. boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of our sweet little sweetie boys. <laughs> Michael so, yeah, Sweet. That, that, yes, he is lead vocals. So he has he has pipes. He's got those those sort of uh, you know like uh, operatic vocals that like a Bruce Dickinson had. So he's like it, it's it's very much a, a a hair metal like anthem. Yeah, mm-hmm. and speaking to the authenticity of the sound, like you were saying. 
Uh, I will just uh, read a little passage from the Encyclopedia of Contemporary Christian Music, Mark Allen Powell, wow. Oxford Bible, uh, for this one. Wiker, did you have a copy of that as Yeah, a child you have a copy well? of that they use for reference, right, as part of the Western <laughs> canon? Page through. Yeah, I wish. The canon. <laughs> this particular anecdote is uh, lovely to me. Whatever the influences, Striper slowly began to develop a repertoire of, o- of overtly evangelical songs because they kind of started not. They started as a different sort mm. of band called uh rocks regime and that was roxx of course the rocks mm. regime and it was not right. a overtly christian band but i love this part nevertheless when they prepared a demo for presentation to enigma records which was a division of capital they edited the songs taking out all explicitly religious lyrics then after wow. they were signed with the general market label, they presented the company with newly recorded versions of the same songs with explicit Christian messages oh intact. Oh my gosh. There is some question as to whether they had to be so sneaky. Wes Hine, the head of Enigma, who signed the band, recalls their tape just knocked my socks off. The songs were great, and I was so impressed with the tonal quality, the background vocals, and just what it all sounded like. I had no idea they were a Christian band, and they did not volunteer that information. Still, once the discovery was made, Hine said he felt in no way deceived. Who cares? They're a great rock band. It's no big deal. Uh, but then he adds, of course, in time, it would seem that everyone else thought it was a much bigger deal than I did because they were a fairly big band. This album yes. that this song comes from sold two million copies. So this was not a fringe Huge. sort of thing. And they were big enough that at one point Metallica was opening for them. That's where like their careers intersected wow. at a certain point. Obviously, so Metallica wild. would go on to have a little more staying power. But yeah, yes. that was that yeah. was who Striper was. But I love the idea. I love the bait and switch. The lie. Which is actually yeah. how we got this podcast on HeadGum. We just, we told Jake and Amir, <laughs> yeah. we want to do a podcast called Good Fun. And we just talk about pop culture that we, we grew up with. We told him it was with. about comic books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were pop like, yeah, culture and comic books. So... Um, I was going to say, when I was a kid, for some reason, I had a book of photos that was of all glam rock metal bands. And I think it was like probably something we got at Urban Outfitters or something, you know, but I was... like burned into my brain was the image of Striper in that because they were in that book and it was a photo of them where they're wearing their like leather jackets but they have these huge white crosses like emblazoned on the chest and then a soft focus so it's just like glowing Mm. and I remember the book whatever the caption was on it was like very rude about it and was making fun of them and I remember even as a kid being like Striper's my favorite band in this book. <laughs> <laughs> Having heard how many of their that songs rules. at that point? Zero. A zero. <laughs> and I was like, stay That's strong, awesome. Striper. I thought they were, I mean, that would, I mean, talk about counterculture to be a Christian band in the metal world. And that, yeah. that sort of allegiance that you felt to them, that's the power of family, as uh, Brother Vin <laughs> yeah, was talking family. to us about. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> familia. So let's um, at least hear a little bit of a sample of this song gonna try to time it out because the intro does last quite a length of time i've fast forwarded to 30 seconds in we're very close to something starting so here we go not yet almost maybe now
horns. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's probably good. So uh, Kevin has the <laughs> Kevin has the as his background now, Striper in their outfits, including comparing one of the members' facial features, it looks like to Ted Cruz. But They've got their black and, and yellow out getups on. They mm-hmm. it's it's very super heroic. It's very X Men. And I remember that was a thing that was I thought was so cool about them is that that is that their their fucking wardrobe. A little bumblebee, yes. Their wardrobe is amazing. Yeah. I mean they yeah. they definitely had an aesthetic and, and they chose it, you know. Uh, a strong color palette goes a long way. Jack White talking about the strongest colors. So red, true. black, white. That's all him and Meg wore. And white stripes and uh, striper walks so white stripes could run. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <Yeah. laughs> so to hell with the devil, a very... Do you think the rotating members, other than the Sweet Brothers of Striper, were also Christian or were they kind of just like guys who were just wanted a job and were like, uh, yeah, uh, Jesus is cool, mm. you know? Maybe a combo? Well, there was, there was um, some talk around this because there was... I believe, at least according uh, to Mr. Mark Allen Powell in this encyclopedia, there was controversy about how authentic their faith was at different points. Because after Mm. To Hell With The Devil in one of their follow-up albums, they did go on to put out albums where it's like no religious lyrics to speak of. And then they yeah. spun that spun that in the press is like, well, not because we're not Christians anymore, but just we wanted to try a different thing, which if it would have worked oh, out, wow. you know, who knows? And then, of yeah. course, things came yeah. out like some of them had substance abuse issues, which, you know, is fine. But in that particular space of contemporary Christian music is way more controversial. Like it's a it's a virtue in just general rock spaces and it becomes much more of a flagrant vice in almost like a fireable yeah. offense mm. in the yeah. CCM spaces. Uh, so as far as the authenticity of the other guy's faith, I don't know. I mean, for some of the most successful popular Christian bands in the world, it continues to be a question of how, like, how much investment or buy-in oh, wow. that they do have about mm-hmm. it. So... I don't know. With the Sweet Brothers, I would I would buy that they were consistent the whole time. With the other guys, who the hell knows? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I read an interview. There was like linked to their Wikipedia page. It was a more recent one, and or it was right after Striper had officially broke up. And I think it was. Um, oh, I want to get this right. I don't think it was one of the Sweet Brothers talking. I think it was like. One of the something sweetie pies. Gains. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and he he had said something about like, yeah, we didn't like being pegged as a Christian band. You know, same old thing of like, we're a band that happens to be all mm-hmm, Christians, mm-hmm, not a Christian mm-hmm. band. We don't like that. Right. And I think they also very much resented the, yeah, the Christian like really, really high standard that the Christian audience has for their musicians and who they perform with and what they sing and who they care about and what they don't sing and everything. So, it yeah, I think they must have started really strong with that because they believed in it, but maybe also because they knew, like, ooh, this is a good differentiator <laughs> as well, you know, to be, like, yes. repping God, and especially in such, like, a Satan-loving, you know, like, brand that it's metal It's a good has. hook. It's a good hook, and I think they just didn't expect it to backfire in that, like, Christians would then try to hold them to this standard that mm-hmm. they didn't even want in the first place, you know? It's the metal equivalent of opposite day. Yeah. To hell yeah. with the devil. I thought we <laughs> yeah, love that guy exactly. here. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I want to go to hell mm-hmm. with the devil. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, isn't this devil horns, now that I think about it, the rock and roll gesture? Yeah. 
Yes. So I guess maybe they <laughs> would do it so. down. Wow. Like they would go down. Yeah. To hell. Or they just sure. tur- they cross them. <laughs> Although I do yeah. love what we, I always we, heard was that that was devil horns, and then also if you turned it on end, it was six six six. Oh, like wow. it was like the number six. Three yeah. sixes. Then you gotta yeah. have a friend with you. Yeah. Yeah, that requires a lot of shadow puppeting to get to that particular (laughs) place. It's a stretch. I guess I, I, yeah, you get there. But Satan appreciates the effort every time. (laughs) I am reading in this. uh, He loves it. He knows. He's like, thanks. He knows that it's a little bit, you know, you're going a long way for the old big red guy, and he appreciates it. Um, I, I'm reading from this encyclopedia again, just talking about their particular controversies. And I love this clarification. Michael Sweet would say, looking back, it wasn't a pretty sight. We were living the same lifestyle offstage that we were condemning on stage. And then pressed for more wow. detail. He said there was a lot of drinking and party- partying, though, he makes clear, no one was doing drugs and no one was cheating on their wives. God stepped in and prevented that. But if the whole thing had gone on, it might have degenerated into that. So he made clear like, yeah, we got drunk out of our minds. We were cool. But we were faithful. (laughs) We were wise guys through and through, all the way to the very bitter end. I mean, one of us has to become run for political office eventually (laughs) and be a really prominent, what is he, senator? Go take a vacation to fucking, where was he going? Maui? Cancun. Cancun, baby. (laughs) Spring break. Oh, boy. Uh Come on, spring break with me. The lyrics of the song are, don't speak of the devil. He's no friend of mine. Which, when someone's not a friend of mine, I do say, don't even talk about that person. That's kind of my... approach with that sort of thing as well Mm -hmm. to turn from him is what we've got in mind just a liar and a thief the word tells us so we like him to know where he can go tell with the devil when things are going wrong you know to blame he will always live up to his name name being (laughs) devil he's never been the answer there's a better way and we are here to rock you and say and that is the full entirety of the lyrics it's a essentially a haiku of a metal song love it Mm-hmm. Short, mm-hmm. No mention of God. No saying, and, and here's the opposite. Here's the better alternative. Just simply not devil. But what Striper gets, Caroline, yeah. I think. And by the way, Striper, the name is based on the verse Isaiah 53, 5. By his stripes, we're healed. So God is the Striper <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Although alternatively, oh, the wow. acronym is salvation through redemption, yielding peace, encouragement, and righteousness. Which is essentially like Shield in Marvel, where it's like you just wanted to meet yeah. Striper. You go. worked backwards. They retrofitted that. <laughs> but what Striper it's gets like when the in Senate this... passes an omnibus bill. Yeah, like exactly. The America yeah. First Act, and they all stand <laughs> for some shit. <laughs> they understand the Sweetie Boys understood that it's not even so much uh, common goal bonding, but common enemy bonding that brings mm. people together. Mm. Uh, and right. some, as yeah. someone with uh, some recent experience of this, I can I can affirm that this is true. Yeah, so, we don't like that this is human nature, but yeah, a common enemy is far more strong than yeah. worshiping the Lord. I mean, you got to get people on board with so much to get them to believe in God. I mean, what's but more fun after <laughs> yes, exactly after leaving yeah. a party? Is it saying, man, Josh was so cool. He seems like a really nice guy. I love Josh with your friend <laughs> on the drive home, or is it, dude? Josh is a fucking rube. Why are we friends with Josh? <laughs> Who a gives rube. a shit? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like so a naive easy to man. Con. Yeah. A rube. <laughs> Clearly. Amen. Always pray to grifters. Uh, I, you know, I'm remembering now. I haven't thought about this in a while, but 
in high school, we used to go to there was a there was a I was going to punk shows, and this is in Long Beach, California, and they would have there was this church that was have that had punk shows on you know a weeknight, mm-hmm. oh, and nice. me and my friends would go, and there'd be a bunch of like you know punk rock kids there, but the band would play, and then they'd take an intermission, and then a pastor would come on and give a sermon. And this was, it was like a way, it was like a honey trap to like get kids in the mm-hmm. building watching this this cool punk band. And then later mm-hmm. on, they were gonna have a certain, and, and so like what would happen is that everyone would just leave at intermission when they figured this out. So then they started having the sermon first opening for the punk, punk band, uh, which was just like, a, uh, well, like I understood why they did that, but then just everyone just stopped going entirely. Cause we're just like, no, oh, no, 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 no. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone yeah. just yeah. gave up. I can Rather I even put up here 15 opener. minutes of this shit. I will simply not go. No. <laughs> were the punk bands no. Christian in nature or were they like irreligious? It was a combo. Sometimes there would just be like a cool local band that just like, you know, didn't give a shit or would eat like openly mock it while they were with, mm-hmm. during their set. And then sometimes it would be like a Christian openly band. You never knew what it? you were getting until you showed up there. Oh, yeah. Well, because the kids are shitheads, especially like, you know, the punk rock scene. It's like it's all about uh, nihilism and just like like, yeah, you yeah. gave me a venue, but I don't give a shit. Fuck you. I'll stick my thumb in your eye. Um, So. Wow. And like like so there was there was some of that but then there was also like oh yeah this is some hardcore band but they're oh i didn't realize they were christian they opened with a prayer yeah. and then that makes that yeah. makes the whole that also made it less fun because it was like well now this is not a <laughs> like you know this is not like a sacrilegious thing anymore now this is just like i'm just watching a christian band in a church Yo, what's more punk than taking communion? Turn to your left and grab a cup. Uh, <laughs> and we're doing it at the same time. Yeah, I, I could see Rebel it. against your desires. <laughs> yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, all right. Gracious. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. I feel like uh, MXPX could be like a perfect sort of punk band that would, would straddle yeah. that line. I don't know if they were ever part of that scene there in Long Beach. Um, but yeah, I never saw them there, but I remember hearing about MXPX and I remember them being like, I remember there was like, wait, are they Christian or not? It was like Mm -hmm. Amy Grant. It was like, wait, is she Christian? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? Is someone who makes you think one thing nor the other. And they're like, ah, 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 you got to come to the show and find out. I'm not going to tell you before. (laughs) You got to come and see for yourself. (laughs) Uh, yes. So the, um, Oftentimes, Weiger, we do a segment on this show called Cover Me, Cover me. where we mm. try to go to YouTube, the, the great streaming resource, my favorite streaming platform and service, YouTube.com, and we try to see what's the best, most interesting, most weird cover that we can find of the particular song that we're talking about. And wow. the only commonality I could really find in the YouTube covers, because oftentimes you find some strange high school choir doing it or a college acapella group a la Caroline's uh, Bread and Butter. Caroline, what was the name of that group again you were in at Random UCLA? Random Voices. Random Voices. Absolutely wow. random voices. Um, the commonality I found with the covers of To Hell with the Devil on YouTube is that it was uh, a lot of women taking the song on, which almost makes sense given mm. the vocal range mm, of the song. Really. So here's one from a woman named Brittany J. Smith. I, he's just a liar. 
I feel like I'm watching. Like kind of like. <laughs> yeah, she knows her angles. <laughs> like she knows winking it. at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a few more similar to that. Very, uh, very. That, that was. I mean, she's she's great and very goth. I was very like goth. The, yeah. the black lipstick, the makeup. Yeah, very much. I I wonder if that's like, are you? That's always a thing of like, wait, are you a Christian goth or are you a goth? And this is kind of your like, I like I'm ironically doing this Christian song. Like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I knew a lot of you Christian probably goths. find out by digging in her profile. I, I went to a Christian high school, and there were a lot of Christian goths mm-hmm. and a lot of Christian metalheads. You knew a lot of well. Christian goths wow. too, Caroline. We I know we talked about Christian goths like a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I think. But I have such yeah. a soft spot for those kind of kids who yeah. are able to like maintain their identity and be into that thing while still have like some sort of yeah. faith identity. I think it's just it so It couldn't have been easy to do, yeah. No. Uh-huh. No. No, just walking contradictions. Yeah, I want to be a double outcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Would one, two, three reasons no for one. people to make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, gang, anything else to talk about with this song? Any crack or crevice of the lyrics we left uninvestigated or uninterrogated? I don't know. I think we got into all 17 words that uh, make up the lyrics of the song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, again, just... Oh, I mean, ahead, the, Weiger, you first. The refrain of to hell with the devil is just so intoxicating. <laughs> it's great. And also, I think as a kid, I just remember that like being like, whoa, that's cool. Like, whoa, to hell with the devil. Like thinking that was like cool and like clever. It kind of is. Well, and it it's, it's so... Um, baroque in a way i don't know if that's quite the right word <laughs> right. but like mm-hmm. oh pish posh to hell with you to hell with yeah. the devil <laughs> yeah it, it feels like something that would sound downtown abbey or something like that but it is also yes. like you know and we, we want to have empathy on this show and see things from multiple perspectives and and from viewpoints and vantage points for the devil do you think he's like fine baby i already live here like okay yeah. <laughs> he's like that's no punishment it's yeah. Like it's to hell with the devil, his version of traveling during quarantine, where it's like, uh, yeah, I traveled from the kitchen to the living room. Like, is that? Yeah, wait, thing? is Striper basically wishing the devil like his version of Maui, you know? Oh, no. Right. Oh, no. Is this, this... a pro devil song? Oh, it's a very pro devil song. It's a self care song for the devil. It's stay at home, devil. Oh, my God. Yeah, because also the devil would love to be called a liar and a thief. This is actually yeah, he's very like, complimentary. Yeah, this is my shit. You got it. <laughs> he's like, Thank you. <laughs> what else? Yeah, what else am I? Ooh, baby. <laughs> oh, no. Striper. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. Okay. Well, then the little, that's interesting. A little ambiguity. Are they pro or anti devil? Which devil is the funniest version of this word? Rather than Satan, yeah. rather than Lucifer, Always. Beelzebub. Oh, for sure. Devil is just the roundest, <laughs> most like, I don't even know if it's rotund. It's just so broad and cartoony. I love it. And uh, and yeah. by the way, we, we should add, um, we were going to have um, Wygron with uh, his partner, Mitch, Mike Mitchell, the Spoon Man, um, from Doughboys, but at the last minute he dropped out because he thought we were gonna have the devil himself on, and he's famously very scared <laughs> yeah. of the devil and and did not want to do scared. it. So, yeah, oh, he he couldn't make it. He left the Zoom immediately, and uh, yeah. yeah, there was a mid shape hole in my computer screen. What one of the uh, 
one of the only things that Mitch is humorless about is the prospect of him actually going to hell. Like, it's just like, 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 ha ha, uh, no, but I'm not going to hell, though. Like, I'm not. (laughs) Just to circle back, make sure everybody knows that kind of thing. Oh, gracious. Well, speaking of hell, let's uh, let's send this song to hell or to heaven. The way this works, Wigers, we're going to give it a holy toast or holy roast. Mm. Holy toast is a thumbs up. And that's when we send it to heaven where the angels will be toasting it forever and ever. Uh, that's a song by DC Talk, one of your touch points. Or oh, hell yeah. we send it to hell. To which that is the drop we've used for going Man. on four years on this show. Crazy. And finally, oh, we're here to boy. discuss this song in this band. Or if we're not sure one way or the other, other there's, of course, Purgatory, a la The Space Between. So those are our three options, and we'll start, as we often do, with Caroline. Well, um, I think that this guy is a great singer. Mm-hmm. That really appealed to me and got me excited. That got me out of my seat. I do like to rock. And I like that they chose a side on this war, and they were kind of causing some waves enough that they had to lie to their record company so that they didn't have to cause that much of a wave but then they came back okay. around um but i like this song i think it's fun and it is just so it's such a weird non-threatening threat to the devil mm-hmm. and so i think the best thing i can do is also be team striper and do what the devil hates and send this song to heaven where <gasps> he can't even be Ooh, wow. baby mm-hmm. holy toast yeah. holy toast from caroline weiger what say you Boy, I was going to go holy toast all the way, but the drop being this song makes it so tempting to send it down to oh. hell where to oh. keep the devil company. Yeah. But And Carman, uh, which is a yeah. uh, Christian artist I was obsessed with, Satan, who recently passed away this year, and he's probably in hell. Right oh, now. boy. Oh, boy. Uh, R.I.P. Um, I R. think R. the... Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I still I like this song though. Like I think it's like it's corny as hell, but a lot of hair metal of this era is corny as hell. And I think the I think this the sweetie pie's got pipes. And I think it, it absolutely again could be an Iron Maiden song or like if it was if this was a darkness song or a or a Dragon Force song, some contemporary like throwback metal artist, like people I think it would fit right into their catalog. So I'm going holy toast. Set it up to yes. heaven. Holy wow. toast. Oh, man. You know, I, you know, for me personally, I, I'm in the same dilemma uh, as Weiger, where it's like, what, what is the right, most proper rating for this particular song? And what would Satan despise the most? Because if we're trying to slam yes. Satan, then what would he hate? <laughs> and would it be to be like torment? Because if they're playing to hell with the devil in heaven, can he even hear that shit? It's so far yeah. away no. from hell. Mm. But if he's in hell... And it's a song compliment. There's just so many paradoxes here for us to consider. But ultimately, uh, I'm easily peer pressured, so I'm going to give it a holy toast as well to be like my friend. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my rating. You, the listener, can give it your own rating. Go to at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter. Get out there and... Pokemon, go to the polls. Guess what? (laughs) Who's the economy? The Pokemon go to the polls drop, uh, which is also from hell as well. Uh, but now it's time to bring it down. Uh, you know, it's a rare daytime record for one of these episodes, but even still, we are dimming the lights in here. 
We are lighting the candles in here. We're turning on those washy, sweet scents. And uh, Weiger, we're not here. Like, uh, you know, like on your shows, people come on and they promote their stuff and plug their projects and they yes. work for the glory of man and for the approval of their peers. We're not here to do that. We're here for the glory of God. So we're going to lift those things up to God. And by lift those things up, I mean our social media handles where people can find us, our projects, and maybe even something right. that they're enjoying in secular culture right now. And we'll start as we often do with Caroline. Mm. If you see me online, you're seeing me glorify God. And if you want to be a part of that, if you want to join that movement, you can follow me at Caroline's Parts. Um, for the lift up this week, I'm going to lift up the Bible game episode of How Did This Get Played? Oh. And I enjoyed it so much. And Nate and I, my husband and I, listened to that show. We die. I love Heather and Campbell, Matt Apodaco. We love Matt, friend of the pod. Yes. Uh, just so wow. fun. And wasn't Paul F. Tompkins the guest on that mm-hmm. one, too? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. So they're yeah, all they're so, all I mean, friends kind of, an of the pod except for Heather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which Heather, your time is coming soon, and that yes. is a threat. Um, so I lift that up. It's such a funny show and really, really delightful to listen to. Mm-hmm. That was a God great. I will you. say, as I like, as I sunk more into uh, quarantine depression gaming, how did this get played? Was a wonderful companion to a newbie like me, and it was so yes. great to listen to stuff and then uh, inappropriately text Weiger like hey here's what I thought of this game and he's like okay <laughs> I love it moved on uh, maybe uh, just tweet at us <laughs> uh, never thanks Caroline we'll turn it to Weiger uh, that was very very nice Caroline very very nice of both of you thank you so much I, I will yeah check out how this get played with uh, Heather Ann Campbell and Matt Apodaca we review the worst and weirdest video games of all time and check out Doughboy's podcast about chain restaurants with me and uh, and Mike Mitchell um, great. yeah check 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 that out um, just at Nick Weiger on Twitter which I just used to post those podcasts uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, you backed off. I think I think you've successfully backed off from Twitter usage. It feels like like you've really stuck to the like I don't know like you probably have some phone etiquette maybe where you you keep it off your phone or yeah. something. And I just sure was I idea. was it it was it, uh, the depths of quarantine. I was so buried in it. I was just like this is and I was just like I just felt like I was just in the muck the whole time. I felt like I was just mm-hmm. in a big pit of mud. And I was just throwing mud on myself. And I was like, what am I doing here? I'm just, I'm not enjoying this. Sloppy little Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I felt like a, 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 yeah. (laughs) I deserve it. I apologize. Um, (laughs) It was, it was, it was real. Yeah. So I was just like, I tried to just shake myself out of it. And so I'm, I'm just taking, I don't know if I'll come back and not, not as avidly as I was on it before, but right now I'm just Mm kind of having all that stuff at arm length, arm's length. Uh, but as for something to check out, something to enjoy, I'll always boost, if we're looking for a video game, I'll always boost yeah. Stardew Valley. Especially if you're a non-gamer and you're just looking for something to pass the time and maybe you don't have a Nintendo Switch so you can't play Animal Dang. Crossing or maybe you played Animal Crossing to death and you, you're looking for something that's adjacent to it that has maybe a little bit more depth and you play on every platform. Uh, check out Stardew Valley. It's on everything. It's on Switch if you got Switch. It's on PC if you got PC. Whatever con- whatever console you got, PlayStation, Xbox, it's so fun. And it was, ma- it was a labor of love by one guy. Uh, one, wow. one dude, Eric Barone. AK Concerned Ape made it all, did the whole game himself, programmed the mm-hmm. engine, did all the design, did all the art, did all the music. It's oh it's gosh. a really in- incredible labor of love that's all very, very addictive. And the music, and fun to play. too? He did all of it, yeah. 
He's basically locked himself in a room for five years yeah. and made it. Kind of the Bo Burnham of video games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Weiger, I tried to get Caroline on that Stardew Valley like a year ago, and she said, mm, the graphics are ugly to me. <laughs> <laughs> I had just it, it is like a throwback Animal aesthetic. Crossing, which is so yeah. beautiful, you know? Um, no, but I, I've always kept it in the back of my mind of like something to play when I need it. Because I'm not really a gamer either, but I do love games like Animal Crossing, yeah. things that are simple, don't require a lot of dexterity, you know? So, yeah. This is sure. very much that. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, you, okay. you, you grow your farm and you love find that. yourself a spouse. Love yeah. that. That's oh, the dream. dream. Uh, crops and being a wife guy. Uh, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. I will lift up. I will lift up a podcast called The Ringer Music Show. It's hosted by Charles Holmes and Grace Spellman. It's a phenomenal topical music show, especially if you don't have a good handle on what's going on in music ever at any time. And it seems absolutely overwhelming, but you're still compelled by it. It's a very funny and fun entryway and access point into Olivia Rodrigue who? Deja what? Driver's <laughs> license? I don't know what that is. Uh, so check that out. Grace is very, very funny as is Charles. Uh, and you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. You can go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun for more good Christian fun. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. This one's charity for one last time, for one last ride, is my refuge house. Weiger, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. What a damn thank you. delight. You know, we're talking about to hell with the devil. This this podcast was heaven today. It was terrific. Wow. What a nice time. And you're a little baby angel. Caroline, you're always a little baby angel. And I'm a little bit of a devil, too. Okay. Yeah, she's a little baby angel, but then she turns around and it's like, wait, there's a, there's a pointy tail coming out of her. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and there's nothing left to say except for in all pods people said, Amen. Uh, you know, and for a change of pace, I want to go out with another Striper song that's from the same album that couldn't sound more different. This is a song called Honestly. Uh, and uh, it's it sounds like an air supply song, essentially. Yeah. Very Gotta have a banger, saccharine. gotta have a ballad. That's, that yes. was the middle of the 80s. And it picks up, but you know, this is kind of what it sounds like. So let this drift you off to sleep as you dream of the three of us. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.